Welcome to the Channel 17 Podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always is my father, Tim Floyd. Yes, and it's great to be with you, Will, as the season winds down. Yeah, it's we a bit of a weird down, time. do we? No, I mean, so the Braves have about 12 games left, or exactly 12 games, as we are doing this on Thursday morning, as we speak. They've won 67 games. They're probably going to be in the low to mid-70s in a win total. Right. They are a slightly below 500 <laughs> game, right? Mid-70s, that's going to be no better than that. Right. Yeah. Um, which is below our preseason predictions, but not that far off. I seem to recall saying they'd be about a mid-70s team, didn't I? Yeah, I think you said 76 and I said 78. Oh, yeah. But I don't think well, either of us said they'd be, like, world beaters. So we're not, no, like, no. terribly off. That's, no, not much off at all. They've been pretty much what folks expected. Right, and last week we really talked about, you know, the kids coming through and some of the excitement, and the Braves have not played as well of late. Um, in particular, they had a very frustrating loss on Wednesday where the bullpen completely imploded. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's an understatement. We can talk about last night's game in a little bit. But yeah, a week ago we were talking about the Braves had a really pretty exciting week and won a lot of you know exciting games and won several games, and it was really a blah week this past week since we last talked. Well, it's kind of weird because it got me thinking about... Um, you have rooted for quite a few awful teams in your sports oh, yeah. fandom life. Not not just the Braves, but me being in Atlanta. Oh, right. Pro sports There, there are some terrible Hawks teams in there, some real god-awful Falcons teams. No doubt. Um, I mean, you went to Atlanta Flames games, and they really never did anything before moving to Calgary. And, yeah, and... and and they were probably the best franchise at the time in the early 70s. <laughs> uh, um, but it is striking, you know, following a team that isn't that great. And we are diehards. The Braves could start threatening to be the worst team of all time in one season, and we would follow it. Probably not yeah, which, as close. Which they did as recently as two years ago. They were on that pace yeah. for the first couple of months. Yeah, I'm stuck with it, Will. You know, I've, I've been a Braves fan for over 50 years now since they came to Atlanta, and there's just there's nothing that's going to change that. Uh, I, I like it a hell of a lot better when they win than when they don't. Absolutely. But you know, we're going to follow no matter what. Well, but and what I actually raised you to be that the difference, of course, is you've been through very few poor seasons by the Braves in your life. You, you started following the Braves just about the time they became the best franchise yes. in baseball. <laughs> I don't really remember the Braves before 1991. Right. And so that's interesting. But it, it does strike me that there's something to following a team that's about this good that you almost, and particularly I think in September when they have nothing to play for. Right. It's a, well, it's I, a different I, way of rooting for a team. And I'll confess that even though I could have watched the Braves the last two nights, I largely did not. I mean, I was sort of keeping up and turning it on. But um, last night, I actually got – I should back up on that. I 
was unable to see the first few innings, but Lucas Hems had a good start, and the Braves mm-hmm. had a two to one lead. So, so I did have the Braves on as they went to the eighth inning last night, following it, um, which was really the, the one of the worst bullpen collapses I've ever seen. Yeah, but you know what's funny? I can almost just get over it. Well, right. It's not like, you know, it means anything in the overall scheme of things. It's not like, oh, no, now they may not make the playoffs or anything. So it doesn't have any long-term impact at all, of course. I mean, it's a little bit annoying that it was Jose Ramirez that got the loss. It was, well, and it was Vizcaino, actually, who who blew it more. The the, the two guys you're sort of counting on for next year. To go back to last week's theme, what, what... what I care about when I watch September baseball this year is who are the guys that I'm sort of counting on being mainstays next year and the years after. Um, and those the bullpens had some awful moments this year. My God, Jim Johnson's had plenty of meltdowns. Um, some of the other, I mean, Kroll's had some really awful appearances. Um, but the two guys who've had really solid years have been Ramirez and Vizcaino, and it was it was ugly. But you know what? While we're on the subject, Vizcaino came in with the bases loaded and walked three straight batters. Ramirez, you know, got the bases loaded with one out and thought, oh, well, he doesn't seem to have it. Let's let's try for an extended save with our closer. And I don't know what was wrong with Vizcaino, but he could not find the strike zone. All he's trying to do is throw the ball down the middle. Batters just standing there with the bat on their shoulder. And he could not three straight um, walks, two of which were four-pitch walks. So all of a sudden, from a one-run lead, you're you're way down, and then it just got worse. <laughs> but that was, that was but it, you're right. Who cares? <laughs> and AJ oh, Minter had a perfect inning with two strikeouts. You know that's that's even more interesting because Minter is phenomenal. You realize he's already set a record, and I forget how they calculate this, but most innings pitched by a rookie. I mean, first innings ever pitched in the major leagues without a walk. And I don't remember how many it is now. But this guy's a strikeout pitcher. He strikes out well over a battered inning. He hasn't walked anybody. Also, you're saying that means he will walk somebody tonight. Well, of course he will. I mean, <laughs> he probably walk with somebody with the bases loaded. But, uh, he's, he's not going to go through his career not walking anybody. Right. But we, we've had all these promising young pitchers come along, and, and they start out, and they struggle finding the plate, which is normal, understandable. Uh, and this guy comes along, and he's throwing nothing but strikes. And, and not hittable strikes. A great fastball and a wicked break. Oh, ball. yeah. He has 17 strikeouts in 11 innings. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that makes you feel good for your bullpen next year. Yeah, he's, the only problem with that guy, and it's been the case for well over a year, is will his arms stay healthy? They have really um, been careful and not had him pitch on consecutive days for almost that whole time. Limited his innings pretty sharply, which... You know, you worry about going forward, but maybe that's been a good thing for him. But he's not going to be a dominant major league reliever if he can only pitch every second or third day, you know? Yes, he will. Well, he could be good. No. <laughs> he won't be one of the best. Yes, he will. Well, uh, no, what I'm saying is, obviously actually, that's yeah. not ideal, but, I mean, you start looking at what the leading relievers in the league do. Well, you're right. You know, I mean, it's cl- closer is going to make you know fifty to sixty appearances, right? Yeah, um, that that is every third game, um, roughly. But I tell you, um, sometimes that's three games in a row, and then they go four or five days where they don't pitch. Right. Um, but that's mainly because you know 
they have this idea that you know, a closer can only pitch in a safe situation. It, it, anyway, I, I'm excited about Minter, and maybe his arm's going to be healthy enough that he can, sure. you know, pitch enough, Whatever. often enough to make him good. But he's he's been, in a lot of ways, the most exciting of these September call-ups. Yeah, um, mostly because Ozzy doesn't count. <laughs> well, yeah, I shouldn't say. Ozzy's pretty doggone exciting, too, isn't he? But he's, he's not a September call-up, right? Didn't he just miss? That's true. I think Minner may have had his first appearance for September, but what I mean is these young guys have been called up late right. this season. The, the other thing that strikes me is, you know, when you're rooting for a team and the future is the concern and you know they're not going to beat everybody, it becomes a lot of box score watching and kind of dealing with things and rooting for certain players to do well and yeah. being okay when others don't. Um, right. You know, for instance, I don't really care how Nick Markakis or Matt Kemp or even <laughs> right. Tyler Flowers, who I really like and think will be valuable next year. Flowers will be their catcher next year, probably not beyond next year. But you know Kurt what? Suzuki had another home run last night, by yeah. the way. Well, that, I mean, that's in some ways the most interesting story. How does a guy at that stage of his career turn it around so dramatically? He's got, what, like 16 home runs. I think per at-bat, he's pretty much as good as anybody in the major leagues. He's, he, I mean, it's almost as good as Stanton, I think, or Judge in terms of... Well, I mean, part of it is guys aren't really thinking, oh, it's Kurt Suzuki. They must be by now. You'd think these major league pitchers would have seen enough tape. You know, he throw that guy fastball well, all over but the even, plate. But, I mean... Yeah, Stanton and Judge Stanton. are huge, monstrous guys with True. light tower power, and you know that. I think even if you are told and you look at tape and you have – he's Kurt Suzuki. You don't think, you know what, I can get my fastball by him in a pinch. And you can't. Right. No. Um, you can actually probably get him to look foolish on some other pitches. Yeah. But you can't I throw mean, a fastball by him. No, he, he will turn on anybody's fastball. But, you know – and he's he's been fun to watch this year. I think it's highly unlikely he will be a Brave even next year. Right, he's a free agent, and, and as much and as so the Braves just, would probably love to have both of them, it's like he'll, a he'll no. command a better paycheck. Right, he's just he he hit a home run. That's cool. I love right. Suzuki, but you know what I'm caring about is what Ozzy Albius are just doing, what Dansby Swanson's doing, Rio Ruiz, or what Freddie Freeman's doing, who hit another home well, run right. last night. But what was funny to me was actually. The last week hasn't been good for Dansby or Ozzy. But you know what? That happens. How do I know that happens? Ender Inciarte, who I'd be thrilled to have play with the Braves for another few years, I think will be a key contributor, all-star, gold-glove caliber player. His last week has been terrible, too, and I haven't been bothered. And that's the nature of baseball. Yep. You know, um, n- nobody's good every single week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm quite optimistic about Alves and Swanson and NCRT up the middle. They're going to need some other big boppers um, more at the corners going forward. But that's what but we, that's easier to find that. than an impactful hitter Should be. at the other positions. That, that's well, no, the idea. That, that has always been true. That is the <laughs> oh, yeah, idea well, of the defensive right. spectrum. It's why. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's clearly true. I guess what I'm getting yeah. at is, will the Braves actually find such player or players? That's that's what we need to see. Right, but you're starting off at a better place rather than having a hole at short. No doubt, no doubt. You'd rather have your hole at the corner outfield spot. Yep. I mean, you brought up Freddie Freeman, and 
Yeah, and he's been sensational in yeah. September. He, he 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 had an interview a few weeks ago, you know, where he said, "My wrist is really, you know, only like eighty percent, and I really don't have the power." It's like How? hitting with a wet newspaper. How? <laughs> he's I think he's healed or at least he's figured out how to swing a bat with his wrist the way it is um, not that he was bad in August my goodness he's no. been, he just didn't have quite the power but he's probably going to have over 30 home runs this year after having missed six weeks um, his career high anyway probably or I don't know I'm having maybe not as many as last year but um, you know he was not a 30 home run a year guy until He's taken it up to another level the last couple of years, and I don't have any reason at all to believe Freddie won't keep this up at something like this for a few more years to go. Well, I said so that's this another reason week. to be optimistic. Yeah, I said this last week, and we shouldn't repeat ourselves, but you and I were having conversations early in Freddie's career going, you know, if he turns into the next Mark Grace, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, and obviously he is He's way beyond than that. Mark Grace. That's, right. Um, again, Mark Grace. The heck of a player. The The thing that's really funny about kind of winding up a season, of course, you're looking at next year. You don't really know. You want to see how it develops. We are going to care mostly about the pitching. Yeah. Because that's really who is probably most determinative and reveals the most because Dansby and Ozzy not having balls get through the infield for one week doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. There's no way around that. But they, they need some of these pitchers to work out if the team's going to be competitive, no doubt. That's w- without several of them coming through or else getting some other pitchers. They're not going to be that good the next couple of years. We're counting on some of the young pitchers to turn into really good major league pitchers. and That's still an open question on any and all of them at this point. And so, Having said that, um, Lucas Sims, five excellent innings last night yes. back Back in the rotation. But he is not the guy I wanted to talk about. <laughs> no. Here's why. We have dodged the subject. We have um, lamented it. I don't think we've really gone into detail. But Julio Tehran. Yep. He hasn't been amazing recently. You know, he hasn't been necessarily the Julio of old. Yeah. But he's been better. Um, this was last week before last one. He had a shutout um, mm-hmm. up there in Nationals Park. But that's because he was pitching in Nationals Park and especially not in Suncrest yep. Park. He, he is if, he's, if he can't pitch any better in SunTrust Park than he has this year, he doesn't have a future with the Braves. Maybe that's all just a fluke. <laughs> but It's got to um, be, right? Of course it is, in, in one sense. I mean, it's a small sample size. It is, more of his bad starts this year have happened to be at home. I, I think that's probably right. Um, but he's just had too many bad starts, wherever they were, that, to be counted on. And it may be the park. You know, it, it is much more of a home run park than Turner Field ever was. And the guy's a fly ball pitcher, and people are trying to hit home runs more now. Um, he, he may not. He may never be as good a major league pitcher as it looked like he was going to be. Well, I, he has had 16 games at home, 14 games on the road. Yep. He has pitched 86 and two thirds innings at home, 88 and two thirds innings on the road. So basically even. Uh-huh. It's every number is astonishing. 
He has given up 93 hits at home, 78 on the road. He's given up 17 home runs at home, 13 on the road. So I'm not sure it's necessary. No, it's not this big a difference then. I'm, right. su- I'm surprised at that number. Here's, here's where the differences come in. 68 strikeouts and 39 walks at home versus yeah. 75 and 29 on the road. Oh, them bases on balls. That, How? That, that's what is, the killer. A, and five hit by pitch at home. What's going on there? With two on you the know, it may, it may be he's being more careful at home because he's more conscious of the fact that people can hit the ball out of the park. So he's not as aggressive in the strike zone. I don't know. I'm speculating. Um, I mean, it's but, I, I can't make sense of it because when I look at the guy with the away stats, I think that's he has a 2.84 ERA. Uh, away oh, really? Julio has been the kind of Julio we have we've seen for most of his career up to this point, which is really good. Maybe not a so-called ace, but a very dependable, very good starting pitcher. And he has not been that this year overall. But yeah, in half his starts, the ones that were away from Atlanta, he's he's been just as good as he ever was. Right? So I, I don't know what to make of that. That's just a mystery to me. I mean, he has curtailed the home runs. Forward. As the months have gone on. Yeah, he gave up a bunch of them early on. He gave up 10 in May. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, 7 in June, 7 in July, but then 3 in August, 1 so far in September. Well, that's only 3 starts. Still, 1 in 3 starts is a lot better than he was doing. Yeah, it's just so weird to think about. But in, you know... August, he had six starts with a three six five ERA after being ghastly. He's not an ace level, but in the second half, he's had a four one three ERA, and in September, he's had a two five ERA. Now that's three starts, eighteen yeah. innings. He's given up five runs. He has he's had been a, a better pitcher in the second half. He hasn't all of a sudden become okay. Right. He's he's the old Julio, but he's he's clearly you know stopped the bleeding to some extent. He's he's not. He hasn't been a disaster. But you know what? And in fact, he's probably their best starting pitcher at the moment um, after probably not having been so for much of the year. He will turn twenty-seven in January. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not a whole lot older than Mike Fulton Evich, huh. right? Um, he's, I he want to say less than a year. Young. Yeah, he's. But here's the other thing about Julio. Um, I saw something not too long ago that average velocity in his fastball is down a couple of miles an hour over what it was two, three years ago. Um, and that, it, it, where he pitches in the low nineties, that that may be enough to make a big difference. Obviously, there are lots of good, effective pitchers with fastballs like that. Um, but, and it may be he just needs to learn to make the adjustment. There are certain times he can't throw his fastball in a certain place, like maybe he could have when he had a little more gas on it. But he's he's not he's not throwing as hard, and he he won't going forward. That doesn't mean he can't be effective, but he, he just needs to make adjustments. Maybe he's learning that. By the way, I looked up Fulty because I wanted to see when his birthday was, and he was born in October of 91, so... You know, he's only nine months younger than <laughs> Less than a year. But he has the reverse thing. He's been much better at SunTrust Park. Yeah. Again, not ace level. Small sample size enough that maybe it's all meaningless. But 
But shouldn't the guy with the killer fastball be hasn't moved? been an overwhelming pitcher's park either, has it? You know, the first month, a lot of people were saying, oh, man, the ball's flying out of here. I mean, yeah, it's, actually, it's, it's, a, it's been slightly a pitcher's park, according to yeah. baseball reference. Yeah, it, it hasn't at all been the, the home run haven that it looked like it was going to be. Well, and I think part of that is once you know that guys can pull the ball down the right field line, you start pitching yeah. people differently. And it actually isn't that short all the way around. And I don't right. think the ball is flying out. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get an inside fastball to a lefty who can turn on it, yep. you're done for. So you know that's what? dangerous. You don't do that. I mean, this is I how it works. I think that's probably right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the park factor. Well, I don't really get how this changes for a new park. But Baseball Reference says multi-year, batting 98, pitching 98, over 100 favors the batter, under 100 favors pitchers. But right. I'll pull up the It, it takes new parks a few years to finally stabilize and right. get a better feel for that. So Somehow the one year is anyway. different than the multi-year. One oh, year oh, batting oh, 96, trust. pitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that I haven't had a full year. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but you know... Part of that, I think, is you learn what you can and can't do there, right? Sure. Um, and maybe that's part of it for Julio, that he was throwing the exact wrong pitch for the park. Often we talk about park factors as though, oh, you can hit better there. But they're pretty idiosyncratic, except for right. Coors, which did everything possible to increase everything. Well, they didn't try. They can't help it where they are. Well, except there's an argument that actually if they had made it smaller, they would oh, have true. less doubles and triples. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. That park is so massive, all the outfielders have to play back. You can get little bloop singles and doubles in the gap. And then also it's still at Denver, so the ball's going to carry. Right, yeah, there's just not a whole lot they can do about that. Right, well. They can, but, they can bring the fences in, and then the home runs would be even more. Right. But... You know, as the season winds down, it it is interesting to think about what we're going to really care about. And I feel like I'm just going to pay more attention to Ozzy at bats and Dansby at bats. And even Rui Ruiz will get me more excited. It's the young starting pitchers that I'm I'm the most interested in. Um, And we mentioned Sims. I'm not counting on him necessarily to be part of the rotation next year. I think his future probably is as a bullpen guy, but... He had a really good start over just five innings. He only went 70-something pitchings, only gave up three hits. But it was um, just five innings. Yeah, yeah, but he, he looked pretty good for those right. five Right, what innings. I'm saying is that's why people think. What, what's even better is Gohara. He had that yes. great win a, a year, a week ago, um, beating the Nats and Scherzer in Washington. Uh, he lost to the Nats and Scherzer a couple of nights ago. And his line didn't look that good. He gave up four runs in six innings, something like that. He went into the seventh, actually. Six didn't plus. walk anybody. But he didn't walk anybody. Um, that's what I'm so excited about with him. Um, I mean, if Sean Newcomb ever had a start where he didn't walk anybody, I'd, I'd, I would just go crazy because that, that's that's the key for Newcomb. But it's also the key for Gohara because uh, Gohara's walk rates were – were pretty bad uh, before, he, but somehow with the Braves this year, uh, his his walks went down over what they'd been before, and he's 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 not afraid to throw strikes, or he's capable well, of throwing somehow, strikes. Somehow he's twenty; he learned that he shouldn't do that. 
Right. I mean, this is what's actually the thing that's most worrisome about Sean Newcomb is when you're 24 and an athlete, you're just not going to add that much or change that much. Yeah. On the other hand, we've talked about this before. I think there are a fair number of power pitchers that develop a little bit late uh, in terms of their command and control. I mean, you know, still able to throw hard, but finally figure out how, yeah. to, how to put it where you want. With with all these guys, though, even Gohara and Newcomb, who throw in the upper 90s, Gohara's consistently throwing that fastball like 97, 98. Um, that's not enough to get major league hitters out. Um, even two pitches isn't really enough. Uh, you got Gohara was breaking ball, wasn't as sharp this last start. Um, they're they're going to hit it. Um, but if if either of them could develop a good changeup to go with their great fastball and breaking ball, and they're they're top of the line kind of guys, but big ifs. Yeah, <laughs> may never happen. But that's why you don't want to give up on people like that and say, oh well, uh, Newcomb belongs in the bullpen. I'm, it's way too early to say that. By the that's way, maybe where he belongs, that may be where he winds up. But what the hell? It's not like you're competing for the pennant. Uh, keep running him out there, see what happens. Luis Gahara is Brazilian, and he doesn't have a really cool singular nickname. How does that not work? Well, we're gonna have to work on that. I know. I guess because um, nobody in Brazil pays any attention to baseball. So, well, right. He's been in America since he was a teenager playing baseball, right. and also, my guess is if his name was like Luis da Silva, they'd be like, "We need to know who you are." But well, maybe, maybe if he becomes, you know, a rookie of the year next year, pitching for a team going to the playoffs, the whole country of Brazil will become fans. And then, well, I mean, Jan Gomes hasn't done it playing for the Indians, but um, yeah. anyway, the thing that is interesting when you brought up the walks for Gahara, I think it's more of a case of here's a guy who going into his age 20 year, he turned 21 at the end of July. You start to figure that out. And also, he never was quite on the Newcomb level. True. Newcomb is like three years older. He's like 24, right? Yeah. And he has, he has always walked at least a batter every two innings. Um, I think his whole professional career. And they promoted him to the major leagues when he was still doing that, and he's doing it at the major league level. Um, Gohara was better than that this year, clearly. I mean, right? yeah, Newcomb... Maybe not before this year, but he was this year. If Newcomb, well, no, because Newcomb could... If he could have ever gotten to a 2-1, to one, that would have been fantastic, yeah. strikeout to walk. Yeah. Gohara, in 2016, in the two A levels for the Mariners... Had a 3.52 strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh-huh. And was phenomenal that year. Um, he probably should have been in double-A before then, um, to be honest. But at high-A at Florida this year, where he dominated. By the way, when did Seattle give up on this guy? Because they could repurpose Malik Smith. <laughs> yeah, well, right? the, I don't know. You haven't answered my question. I, well, because I don't really have an answer. <laughs> I mean, I think it's actually, wait, I, those deals confuse me. But we did not get him in the same deal as Alex Jackson. No, those were two different deals. On the same day between the same teams. Right. Which I, I guess is remember. like an accounting thing, right? I don't, I, don't, um, I don't know enough about how that works, and I don't even care that much. But, um, but they instantly flipped Malik Smith. Right. Yeah. And they also got Shea Simmons, who... Has a grand total of six innings this year for the Mariners. 
I always liked Shea Simmons, but... Um, Hadn't given up a run in those six innings, so good for him. Shea but, Simmons may never stay healthy. You know, and yeah, I was like, I think that's probably entirely due to health reasons, because he has seven and a third innings pitched at Tacoma, two and two-thirds at Arkansas. I haven't followed it, but that certainly sounds right. But that that's like Simmons' story the last couple of years right. the Braves, just can't stay healthy. And, you know, that's sort of the thing about certain kinds of guys. You just know it. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> Malik Smith and Shea Simmons, and we got Gahara, who's pitched really well and could really turn out to be a good pitcher. Yep. And then, again, I don't really get why we we'll, have multiple we'll get, deals. We'll, but. You know, guys who throw in the upper 90s, especially a lefty that throws in the upper 90s, I mean, that's why the Braves are willing to trade Andrelton Simmons for Newcomb. He hadn't shown that much yet, but with that potential, and it turns out Gahara has been better than Newcomb. Uh, they might, it's still too early to know about either one of them. But Right. And as I keep saying, also, the Braves decided they didn't want to pay Andrelton's contract. That was part of it, too. On the other hand, you'd think there's Has he been worth been, it this year? Yes. Don't go there. I, I don't want to start talking about Andrelton again. I, I love Andrelton. Uh, he's he's had kind of a fluky offensive year, but what I love mm-hmm. about him is his defense, which is still awfully good. Um, but I guess what my point is they probably could have gotten more established major leaguers for Andrelton from somebody, but because you know they're going for the high upside pitchers, wanted Newcomb for him, and and it, it may yet work out for the Braves if he turns into what he could be. Odds aren't good at this point, but he might. And, you know, um, oh, you forgot we also got Eric Ibar back for Andrew. I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> um, I, I really think in this offseason we should maybe figure out your least favorite Brave of all time, and I think Eric Ibar is in there. Yeah, he, he was with the Braves such a short time, he, he wouldn't be at the top of the list. He was awful when he was, though. There's a level at which Ralph Gar might be there just for flaming oh, out horribly. Ralph Gar, he was a frustrating player, but he was a fun player. Uh, there was nothing fun about Eric Ibar in his short <laughs> tenure with the Braves. Um, it, it, we, we won't go down that road any further, but Melky's probably at the top of the list. His one year with the Braves was so awful. <laughs> um, there have yeah, to I be mean, some he, relievers that really bothered you, too. Well, sure, there Dan Cole, maybe. <laughs> yeah. They're a fair number. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, actually, in a way, thinking about young guys and coming through, Ralph Gar is kind of a funny example of a guy who probably people got overly excited about because he played above his head. He hit 360 one year, you know. That's well, there's only 353, But actually, as a 25-year-old, basically his rookie year he had 102 plate appearances the year before but in uh-huh. 1971 as a 25-year-old he hit 343 yeah i don't need to tell you any of his other stats because whatever he hit for batting average tells you his value it, was which was the problem the with ball. ralph gar right. if he didn't have a batting average well over 300 he was not a valuable offensive player because he didn't walk he didn't hit with any power um those were the days when everybody thought batting average was the most important stat so yeah he's a great hitter he also was uh, not an efficient base stealer Good lord! No, he was very, he was one of the fastest guys in the league, and yet he was really not a good defensive player and not a good base runner. So he he didn't really contribute anything but other than needing lots of singles. I, I feel like I kind of randomly got on Ralph Gar, but 
You know he had two five-war seasons for the Braves. Well, yeah, when you hit 350. Right, because twice he hit <laughs> around 350. He hit 343 right. one year, 353 another. Right. I nailed it. He led the league in hits in 1974 while hitting 353. He also led right. the league in triples with 17. I mean, he was fast. He was fast. Uh, I say he's not he a good base also, runner. He could get from first to he could go from home plate to third base pretty quickly. He, he wasn't good at stealing bases for whatever reason. I don't know why. He was also an atrocious outfielder. Yeah, he for, for a guy that fast, it's it's hard to believe how bad somebody could be in the outfield. I mean, really, like legendarily, mm-hmm. and not like Lonnie Smith, where I think about Bill James kind of like about that, but but Lonnie yeah, knowing how remember. to recover. Yeah, Gar was just <laughs> lost, right? Yeah, I guess. But you know what? You would take someone doing Ralph Gar weirdly. This is what I keep... Well... We shouldn't... It's with Newcomb, what's funny is, you know, we've both done this where we say, oh, well, what about Randy Johnson or Sandy Koufax turning the corner and learning to throw strikes? Well, those are two of the greatest pitchers of all time. (laughs) Right. They are the most famous cases of a hard-throwing lefty figuring prob- it out. There are probably lots of other people who were 25, and they said, you know, if you could just learn to throw strikes, he'd be really good, and they didn't make it. Probably right, because it's actually much times as think. many of those as there are Koufax and Johnson. You're right. But you don't need the whole thing. It's like famous. the Greg Maddox comparisons, which I won't make any right now. Well, the guy didn't throw that hard, but, you know, if he can just really command it, he could be like Greg Maddox or at least Tom Blevin. Well, well I mean, how many crappy left-handed youngsters were called the next Tom Glavin in the mid-aughts by the Braves. Oh, man, the Braves had plenty. Um, Rossio Ramirez, uh, Chuck James. Yeah, those two were the ones I was thinking of specifically. <laughs> right. But, you know, again, you don't need the Hall of Famers to get good. Well, of course not. And if that's what you're expecting, everything's going to seem like a failure. Uh, but you want people that, you know, are... You know, several wins above replacement at several different positions. That you need that across the board. Um, and right now, they 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 don't have a single starting pitcher in this year's rotation who's probably more than one win above replacement. Am I right about that? I'm just doing it off the top of my head. Yes. In front of you. Unless Dickey has. Dickey's been bad it. the last few starts. If if he was, he's probably dipped below it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did want to talk about as we either basically two weeks left in the baseball season most teams have about 10 to 12 games left and i know that you only follow the braves now pretty much i don't know at what point as a sports fan you quit caring about any other teams at all but i'm guessing in your somehow somehow as i age i just don't have the capacity to to follow as much in the way of sports i don't follow as many sports and in the sports i follow my focus is much narrower um Obviously, I, I have some sense of who the good baseball teams are this but year. But yeah, before before we go, we should talk about the weirdness of these standings. And I think I haven't sure. seen a lot of this because we get focused on races and also the Indians have been winning everything. And their last like, the 30 way, games, they've lost that, like one. That, that's a pretty fun, I mean, obviously it's unprecedented in yes. um, American League history and it hadn't happened in over 100 years in baseball for somebody to win that many games in a row. They are damn good, too, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, the team that hadn't happened in 100 years, that New York Giants team wasn't damn good, actually. Oh, no, they, they didn't even win the pennant, streaky. right? No, they were, <laughs> they were in, like, third place, and they won, like, 80 games. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but 
In the American League East, there's sort of a race. Sort of. Yeah. The Red Sox are on 88 wins. The Yankees are at 85. I say it's sort of a race. The Yankees are the first wild card team. The Yankees have been hanging in there, and, you know, I think most people before the season started would have said, probably not a playoff team. Um, Aaron Judge, phenomenal start. But. Excited about them. And then the trades they made in in July, you know, pretty big difference. So. um, But here's the thing. They're clearly a playoff team. I don't know whether they're going to catch the Red Sox. Yeah. It's three games. That's also the um, separation in the NL Central, which is the only other division race that seems at all interesting. Yeah. Where the Cubs are on 84 wins and the Brewers are at 81 currently. You know what's interesting about that one is the loser in the Central um, may very well not make the playoffs at all. Yeah. So if somehow Milwaukee got really hot and the Cubs weren't so good, the Cubs could be eliminated from the playoffs altogether in the next 12 days. Right now, the NL West would put three teams in the playoffs. Right. Uh there is a chance that the AL East could do that too, although Tampa Bay is looking up at the Twins, the Angels, the Royals, and the Rangers, but they're only four games behind the Twins. Yeah, four but, games to make up in 12 games with that many teams is highly unlikely, but possible. Here's what strikes me. Um, probably not a weird thing, but legitimately very good teams, which basically I'm saying right now with this many games played, you've won in the mid-80s or higher already. The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Indians, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Nationals. Yeah. That feels very top-heavy to me. The Dodgers and the Nationals have been the only two really dominant teams in the the National League. But the Diamondbacks, they're for real. And I I was skeptical all year long. Um, I'm still kind of skeptical. Well, sure. But they've, they've been pretty consistently good all year. But they seem to have produced pretty okay pitchers. I don't really know how. Uh huh. Right. Fear doing that in Arizona, but what gets me is even the Nationals, who are probably going to win close to 100 games, I'm not even sure that they're that great, right? Like I know they're Actually, a good team. I'm pretty impressed with the Nationals. What I, I'm saying I is, them. I hate them, but they're they're. Pre- Let me say one thing about the Nationals. In addition to having three really good starting pitchers. Scherzer is probably going to win the Cy Young, but Strasburg's had his best year ever, and his numbers in almost every way are as good as Max. Absolutely. Gio, I've never liked him much. He's having a hell of a year. Uh, when, when you got three starters like that, their bullpen was atrocious, but they've fixed they've that. Their that. bullpen's fine going into the postseason. And they've still got, if Harper comes back for the postseason and can play, a middle of well, the order that's that is the real as good key, as anybody's. Right? Well, that's the key. Without Harper, they're not going to win the World Series. Probably. Do you have With the Harper, MVP level hitter or not is really a big question for really any team. Right. Um, although, we shouldn't discount Anthony Rendon as a borderline MVP candidate. Rendon's fantastic. Zimmerman's had his best year ever, maybe. Yeah. Um, Daniel Murphy is... For real, I've always wondered about that guy, but he had a great year last year. Every bit as good this year. I mean, they've got four guys whose OPS is well over nine hundred this year. Well, and um, Adam and Lind Turner's a pretty good guy to have at the top of the order. Yeah, and Adam Lind is uh, when when one of those guys doesn't play, Adam Lind's awfully good. The Adam Lind we expected ten years ago to be the best hitter in baseball has shown up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But what I'm really saying is, I don't know if they're like a usual very good team that wins a division in a normal year 
or if they're an outstanding team. Part, part, part of what the because the they get to beat up on some crap. They are they are in the worst division in baseball by far, and so they play a tremendous number of their games against four really bad teams. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what their record is in the division. We, we were talking about how the Braves were kind of a below average, not very good team for most of this podcast. The Braves are clearly better than the Mets and the Phillies this year, despite right. like they can't beat the Phillies, yeah. but in terms of record. So that doesn't help um, decide how good they are. You know, The Dodgers are obviously, before the Indians did what they did the last month, everybody was saying this Dodgers team is one of the all-time greats. They're a juggernaut. That's the team that I, I, I can't quite get a handle on because I, know. Um, I, I really wasn't expecting Bellinger to be who he is this year. Everybody knew he was going to be good. And who the hell is Taylor? <laughs> He's turned out to be great. Justin Turner. Well, let me say, quality, I mean, living they, in they Los Angeles, yeah. having a good friend who's a Dodgers fan, no one knows. that Everyone was doing that earlier. <laughs> right. Um, but what strikes me is I don't know how good any of these teams are because it's a very top-heavy league. Right. Right. Yeah, National League, really. American League is, you know, uh, uh, as recently as a month or so ago, everybody had a shot at the wild card. And, right, I mean, but after, after does the White anyone Sox think... made their sale in Oakland did, they, they drifted out. But pretty much everybody else has been in the run all year long in the American League, whereas in the National League, half the league was out of it clearly by July. But does anyone really think that, like, the Royals or the Twins or the Angels are truly good teams, or kind of they're all hanging in because they're hanging in. No one's taking a lot of mediocrity, right? right. Yeah. So, although you never know once you make the playoffs, right? Right. Anything yes, can happen. we do know. Um, my discussion of bad teams was avoiding heartbreak in our sports history, <laughs> right? Um, no, so it's you know kind of weird to think about the way this playoffs is going to unfold because I really don't know how good these teams are. I really oh, have no idea. It, it, and the great thing about the playoffs is it almost doesn't matter how good they are. Yeah. Billy Bean was absolutely right when he called it a crapshoot. I mean, I, I, I have my own self-interest as a Braves fan in saying that when the Braves won 14 division titles and one World Series, I really don't want to believe it's because the Braves were a bad October team. I think there's just... It's just... A, there's, there's no way in those kinds of short series that the best team always wins. It just doesn't work that way. But I, I think we might, last year we skipped the playoffs. It's not like the NBA, right? Yeah. Last year we you skipped the playoffs right. because who cared for the Braves? Yeah. Um, there was no point. No one was going to make a trade. It didn't matter. But I might want to go through because I think this is such a weird, like I'm very excited to see the Indians play the Astros. Oh, yeah. But I also don't really know if that's a battle of juggernauts or two teams who got to beat up on a surprising number of teams. They're both both teams that are very good. I'm willing to say that because it's not like there are any really awful teams um, in in the American League. And I think think you need to reevaluate the the Tigers and the White Sox. As good as anybody, the Indians' second half has been as good as most any team you'd want to see. And they're, they're both just really good. Yeah. Um, you know, the Dodgers are, well, I would have said they were one of the best teams of all time until their recent skid. Well, they were on pace for that, but they weren't that good. Um, we were talking about all these great hitters that nobody expected. Obviously nobody expected Alex Wood to do what he's done on the mound either. So it's going to be weird. But the other, I mean, to bring it back around to the Braves, does a top heavy 
league mean you improve more when you get good? Um, because by the way, I don't think obviously I don't think the Phillies are going to be very good next year. I don't really trust the Mets being great. Who knows with the Mets with their pitchers, who's healthy and who isn't? That's what it comes down to. Well, yes, Um, but no, they won't be very good. I don't think the Phillies are still a long way away, and the Marlins are. I'm not sure they're going to turn a corner either. Um, But it's way too early to know who's going to be good next year anyway. I never would have thought Milwaukee and Arizona would be fighting it out. I mean, Arizona's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Arizona's got a six-game lead. They're they're already in. Um, I never thought either of those teams was any good early this year. It turns out they were. You just don't know about a lot of that. Right, but I, I think the Rockies were a fluke, good. but actually they're probably going to make it. Yeah, I don't get the Rockies at all, um, but I never do because it's Colorado and it's weird, and they always seem to have right. some pitcher have mediocre stats, but clearly in Colorado it works, and then they can find hitters to do okay. Um, but it's it, it's interesting to think about the league as a whole right now to me because. Well, there are new stars coming in. I mean, Bellinger and Judge got all the attention, but there are lots of young guys throughout baseball. Um, oh, yeah. It's... The best player in baseball is currently on a team that is 76 and 75. I uh, wish they would make the playoffs. Um, just because you want to see just, Mike Trout on I have never television. seen enough of Mike Trout. I've only seen the guy play a handful of baseball games because, you know, I don't, I don't search out. I mean, I could if I wanted to. Um, the Braves have hardly played them. And he hasn't been playing in October. Um, but I, I, I'd love him to get the national stage. Because Trout, I think people still don't even appreciate Trout. His his first handful of years in the major leagues are as good as anybody's ever were, aren't they? Yes. Is there, there's nobody who's been clearly better than Mike Trout. And Certainly not in the last half century. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mickey Mantle came up as like a 19-year-old and was a house on fire. He's... He's the best thing since Mickey Mantle, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he may even um, be better than Mickey Mantle in his first few years. Currently, this year, which was shortened due to injury for Trout, which was like the first time ever, he's right. hitting 310 with a 445 on base percentage, which is killer. I mean, that's of just course. insane. And he's got 29 home runs and 24 doubles and three triples in 368 at bats. So that's a 628 slugging. He's having a Mike Trout He's, year, just not with as many yeah. plate appearances so, because of the injury, which means he won't, once again, he won't be the MVP. And obviously, Altuve, what a story he is. I assume he's going to be the MVP. But Trout could be. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, but he could be every year, probably right. should be every year. They just decide they need to give it to other people. But yeah, I think uh, this is also a little programming note that probably we will be talking about non-Braves things for at least a month because maybe the playoffs will pique our interest. Um, But over the last two weeks, we'll settle in the last part of the Braves season and whatever happens with the Braves, you can hear about it right here on the Channel 17 podcast. And that will do it for today's episode. You can listen to all of our episodes on our website, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you are listening to us on either iTunes or Stitcher, it will be great if you can go on there leave a rating, leave a review, and especially subscribe. That's how we are able to get alerted and put on charts possibly, and that's how we can get more listeners. You can also help us out more directly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash productive leisure, and becoming one of our patrons. 
At Patreon, patrons give small monthly contributions to support ongoing creative work, like, say, a podcast network. So if you want to hear more of the Channel 17 podcast, any other Productive Leisure Network podcast, or if you want to help us to create new podcasts in the future, please go to patreon.com slash productive leisure and become one of our patrons. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening and see you next week.